there's no place quite like it in world rugby. 62,000 crammed into this famous old grounds. And the skipper has scored. Sandgate's and Tokiaho scores. Try number two. The pass. Harvey scores. Oh, that wins the game. <laughs> and the All Blacks have silenced the critics. They have done, haven't they? The All Blacks. Tēnā koutou katoa. Good evening. Welcome into the breakdown. Well, Ian Foster said during the week he felt something special was brewing. And special is exactly what we saw at Alice Park this morning. Great to have you joining us today to dissect it, to put it into perspective, to offer some analysis and commentary. Mills Moliena, Ethan Athiwa, Isaac Boss. Gentlemen, great to have you three uh, on the panel. Just explain to us how they managed to do that, Mills. Going to the hardest place in the world to play, to come from behind with a man down when your backs are against the wall and people are attacking your captain and your coach and to win over there. Explain how they did that. Oh, man, I, I honestly don't know. They did it through heart. And, well, I do. Heart and determination. They stuck together. I, I want to emphasise the fact what you mentioned. You, that it's so difficult to go over to Alice Park and win regardless of whether you're, you're down in sort of confidence or you're up in confidence. This was a hard-fought victory and, a, and they stuck to their guns, guys, but they also tactically were very accurate. I just think, like, what a phenomenal occasion. There's always the likes of the great Sean Fitzpatrick talking about going to Alice Park, getting wins in history. These guys that got an opportunity and actually went out there in a cauldron in an absolute phenomenal atmosphere actually went away and delivered. So this this can't go unnoticed. Even through history, they'll talk about this game. And they were young. They were young and experienced. A lot of them, you know, had not played uh, at that level of that, of that ground. And a flyover. Was, How good awesome. is a flyover? Oh man, that's all. That's all. This, this is how passionate they are. You know, they, they, they have a flyover, you know, in, in a test match, and um, to go there in a hostile environment. But also, I think what they've been under yeah. these last three or three weeks, as a team, as a coach, as a captain, they have been. I've never seen this ever before, and the way it sort of played out like this, and, and, the, and to go over to Alice Park and do what they've done, absolutely amazing. How big was that performance? And the grand scheme of thing, how important was that result? Oh, you talk about the adversity they faced, all these losses up till now. Like you said, three in a row, ten minutes to go. The guy that's come on to win you the game, and he's gone off. And you know, who do you look to? They look to each other. They trusted each other. And that last 15, 13, 14 minutes, I was like, that was superb. They're like that, just coming from the depths, and just showed that they're all there for, t for each other. I thought, and that's that's a great thing. I can't actually remember a week of a build-up to a test match that's actually like we've just seen. And for them to then go out and deliver, <laughs> and then the smiles on their faces, and all the families back here that had their sons, you know, out there playing and debuting in these performances, is pretty phenomenal. But I haven't had an actual week like this to lead into a game like <laughs> it's this. It's almost like a soap opera, isn't it? I mean, the, <laughs> the drama that sort of has come in the last three weeks. And finally... The heroes have won it. We've, we've done it. They've, they've saved the day and everyone in New Zealand can be happy for another couple of weeks. <laughs> yes, we can because it's a couple of weeks before our next challenge comes up. But we will celebrate this for now. Who was it that stood out for you? Rico Ioane was named man of the match. There were changes heading into this game. Who was the impressive performances most? Oh, for me, it would have to be their leaders. So I think to come out and play the way they played, yeah. um, particularly in that first half, they blew... Um, you know, the, the Springboks off the park, they, they looked tired, um, you know, from, from what they were sort of producing, 15 points up. And that's a, that's a decent lead, but that, that also grows in confidence. So for me, it's the guys that are under the, under the most pressure that had to perform, you know, your, your Aaron Smith, your Sam Kane, the captain, right through. David Harvey too, for me, stood up. He's really starting to firm up that position. 
So a lot of them did stand up. And what I was really impressed about is they were all on the same page. They, yeah. they knew what they were, they were going into. They knew what sort of game they were going to play. And they went out there and did it uh, collectively, which we haven't seen that in the last three weeks. I think there's always that uh, question mark around what the midfield is and, and how the connection actually grows. But I think Rico and David Havili took a massive step. You know, for me, like Lomax... Uh, De Groot, Taukiaho, Havili, these guys were given an opportunity in one of the toughest stadiums on earth to actually go and play. And, you know, they actually just grabbed it and they ran with it and they will learn so much. We sort of said last week, you know, they can't, mount, they can't be judged on if they had a loss, but for their own individual performances, the guys that actually got an opportunity, it's pretty phenomenal that they got out there and did it where they did it. Yeah, 100%. And I wouldn't say that, like, right from the start, you could see there was a little bit of that sense of pressure. So they had to build into it. It's not something that just came, you know, naturally. So they found a way. They, they were asked so many questions at different times in that match. And, you know, it was a different person coming up with an answer every time. You know, it was brilliant. There's leaders that grew within that group in that match uh, at Ellis Park. For South Africa, they look like a different team to what we saw a week ago, but one man that was the shining light, Lacanio Arm, he's getting accolades all over the world. People are saying, this is the best player in the world right now, Mills. Oh, he carved it up, man, in those last uh, few minutes, the try that he scored, I mean, he broke through here. This was a big moment in the game as well, because it came back and it was our, you know, the penalty to us. But the way he carved up our uh, broken play and, and also the way he finished, Remarkable. So that's a that's a big positive. He's been there for a while. He's had an exper experience there, but now he's really starting to sort of blossom in, in that position. He's really measured and calm. Yeah. Like you see him on the field, he 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 knows what he does. He goes out there and delivers, but he's constantly talking to all the guys around him. So it's like signs of a, a leader that's grown from the last World Cup and through, and just seems to like take on a lot more responsibility. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think you chuck him in a back line like they got at the moment, and the skills that they showed there, I, I, like their passing skills are unbelievable. Yeah. And you've got Flimzo, you've got Mimpimpi, um, and you've got. Um, um, Pollard, you know, you've got Delundi who's, you know, there's all top class and I, I think he's he's that X factor in there at the minute. And to be honest, there's a couple of set piece tries or that, that they got out and they were just outstanding, you know, they were, they were brilliant. We will give credit to the All Blanks, but there are people questioning the selection uh, of the Springboks coach. What do you think about that? Oh, look, why, why isn't Malcolm Marks out there yeah. from the get-go? Um, you know, and this probably still goes back to sort of the quota system maybe that they have, the fact that Banambi got injured and they're still sort of starting um, someone. But how do you not have Malcolm Marks on the field? His impact immediately and we got on the field. But, you know, it's a pretty intricate and convoluted system they have, probably second to none in the world around how they actually select their team. Mm. They know very early on in the week when the team is uh, is named and uh, there's a rigour more with process that actually goes through that. But, you know, someone like Malcolm Marks and the influences that he has, you, you've got to have him on the field. Mm. Well, the All Blacks just the better team on the day at Alice Park. And our experts, our analysts, Jeff Wilson and Brian Habana, joins us from Alice Park. Well, at the end of another remarkable test match between these two sides, Brian Habana joins me. And look, it was a special night. The Freedom Cup was on the line. The yep. All Blacks were under all sorts of pressure. And we got another fantastic test match. But both sides over the course of these last two weekends will have learnt so much and benefited so much from the challenge that they faced once again. Your reflections of the Springboks over the last two weeks? So I think last week what we saw was a, a Springbok team that physically dominated, yep. both in the contact at the breakdown, won the contact in the air, uh, was able to win the kicking game. And I thought I think we saw a little bit of a deflation in that energy level tonight. You know, controversially, we saw an all-black team that was wounded, had the backs against the wall, came out here and physically, you know, from the first minute, put themselves into play. You know, incredibly led, in my opinion, by Shannon Frizzell, who getting over the gain line. Artie Sevier was an immense nuisance at the breakdown and 
it was a brilliant game of tennis match, Rapputi. It was, I mean, sitting there, it was ebb and flow, but really the best team won in the day. And I think there was a lot of opportunities for both sides, but a classic test match between the All Blacks and the Springboks. And this is what we come to expect teams adapting and adjusting from week to week. And clearly the All Blacks worked on yeah. their high ball technique. They secured position yeah. so many more times, like only 5 of 15 last yeah. week. This week they controlled that position. Yeah. All of a sudden, territory was so much better for them and it forced the Springboks to play from deep. But then all of a sudden we saw the Springboks show some things we haven't seen before. Yeah. Last week they went back to the air. No, 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 they went to the edges. Mm. We saw the best of Lucano Arm. Vili LaRue has impact off the bench so very, yeah. very quickly. So there's a lot of questions they might have yeah. about how do we maybe balance this back up yeah. going forward? And remembering Australia last year in the Rugby yeah. Championship gave them all sorts of troubles. So do you now look at those selections, yeah. do you maybe try and grow your game and do you start maybe doing what you did against Wales, exposing some more players, yeah. or is your focus well and truly still on winning a rugby championship? So Jeff, I'm probably very old school, you know, if you have your... And we are. <laughs> very old, we're born before the millennials, so <laughs> I'm very old school in that if you have an opportunity and I understand what's the plan in terms of growing a squad for a World Cup, making sure that everyone has tasted international experience, when you have the best hooker in the world sitting on the bench having to come on after you know 30 odd minutes does that sort of deflate the energy and, and there was a a real decrease in the energy levels from minute one controversy i think the all blacks really just upped the ante and they went in their shells they had nothing to lose their backs against the wall four and a half million people potentially against them but i think for the springboks they showed glimpses of if they can just get their game management right they have some phenomenal ball players. I mean, Damon Willems as second receiver, that yep. pass to Makazoli Mapimpi, Vili Leroux coming on, being an extra set of hands. Lucanio Um on the wing was, was exceptional. So wouldn't we, wouldn't we love to see a third test? Maybe we just <laughs> got to try and work this one out. One all doesn't seem to work it, but I want to finish on this team. I need to bring in Joel Stransky. He's just got a presentation to make. It's not the Freedom Cup. It's... A bottle of wine. A bottle of wine that we bid on. Thank you very much. I don't even want to, I don't even want a response. All it says. Uh, it, it's, um, look, we pay our debts. That's the first thing, but it is thoroughly worthy. You forecast it. You are the oracle of rugby results now, but uh, well done to you and your team. I look forward to sharing this with you a little bit later. You, you call me the eternal optimist. It's been fantastic here as well to join with Supersport, to come together with Sky. It's been another remarkable, remar remarkable tour of South Africa, and we look forward to doing it all again in the near future. Team, start the debate, start the discussion. Where to now for the All Blacks? Very good. Thank you so much, Jeff. And it was awesome actually seeing you all team up with Supersport as well. An amazing collaboration. Um, but that wine, it'll be gone by now. Oh, yeah. Long gone. Easy. <laughs> With his peanut slabs as well, doesn't he? Oh, Take yeah. Peanut slabs over there too. He was taking peanut slabs over for one of the commentators. Uh, let's talk about Samasoni Tokiaho. Uh, started this week. Where does he sit for you now? Does he have to be there? Does he have to be starting? Oh, look, in my eyes, he starts. He, um, he's been given an opportunity and stepped up in one of the hardest places on earth to actually go. Um, and his ability to sort of win the media and get involved, he doesn't shy away from any of the contact whatsoever. Um, he hit the nuggets in the lineouts, but it's just repeat efforts. He gets off the ground and does more every single game. And he just keeps sort of fronting and keep, keeping on going. Yeah, and I still think there's a lot of growth left in his game. Um, you know, he's not a finished product, but he needs a bit of consistency in there so that he can develop that as a player. There's still an important role for those other hookers to play around him uh, and, and how much of a game that is, whether it's more at training and things like that, but he's, I think he's come along and he's definitely the future and he needs as much time in, in that two-shirt as possible, I think. And I think also on the back end of our other very experienced hookers are in very good form, so it's great to, for him to get out there 
he's probably he is the form hooker at the moment. But what it does, it creates competition. Yeah. Now these guys, you know, Cody Taylor, they're probably sort of staggered, a little, well, plateaued a little bit, and it happens in, in careers. You know, all it will do now is those guys will now lift. You know, there's, to, there's to no create. complacency, right? It just pushes their competition, their yeah. internal competition, up one. Absolutely, and I, and I like that point that you made, Bossy. The fact that now all it, he's not the finished product. He's still there, but he's got an opportunity, and he, he'll continue to grow and, and keep pushing these other guys as well. Well, the front row, it was young, wasn't it? Um, not an experienced front row. But if you talk about these players, Ethan DeGroote, Tyrol Omax, these are guys that weren't in the July series squad at all. And now they're starting for the All Blacks. So where are they at? Are these guys the future or are they the right now? Oh, I think they're right now. If you go to Ellis Park and one like that, you, you're the right now, you know. And again, they're probably similar to where Tokiaho is. They need that little bit more time to be able to blend in. And it creates that pressure again, like you said, to other players to step up. And they've got to come up with answers to be able to take that position off them. And going into it beforehand, um, like you said, the, these are young guys. And maybe ignorance is bliss because they, they don't know the, the legend of Ellis Park like we guys do. They're, we don't know it's that tough to go there. So they're going there thinking this is another game of rugby and we're going we're gonna to create a name for ourselves. And I think they did. I love this because the pressure that Ian Foster was under, he had to be bold. And he would have loved to have, have, have made this decision on the backing of winning the, the Irish series and also the backing of the NZRU to say, hey, we understand you're the growth, we understand where you're trying to get to. He was almost forced to go, hey, well, this is my vision. I'm going to throw these guys out there. And I, I thoroughly now believe the props have always been a big discussion for us. You know, what sort of props are we after? Are we after a scrummaging prop, a, mo a mobile prop, a bit of both? I think we've got them now. You know, Bauer brings you know that, that extra bit as, as well. So we've got to build around them. Around them, we've still got plenty of experience for guys to come in. But I don't think Ian Foster had the back end to be able to you know give these guys the opportunity. He only got that sort of on the back end of hey, well this this could possibly be my last shot at being the All Black coach. And he's throwing them out there. And what do they do? They've delivered. Because for him to actually throw them out there, because we talked about this a few weeks ago, saying look, he's got to pick a team to win, you know. But they they these guys stepped up in a performance point of view, and they actually went up another level. But it just creates so much more competition. I thought Bauer was outstanding in the Irish series. He really stood up um, and was a shining light there. Um, for him to come off the bench and the impact that he had again as well. But it just creates this internal competition that should drive them forward. But for their age and where they're at, and then to take all those learnings from that game, you, you get more from winning that and taking learnings rather than losing it and sort of going forward. Though they've experienced some pretty positive, <laughs> huge positivity yeah. in the last week yeah. to take them to that next level. And, and if you look at a season plan, for example, and they all have it around players and how they develop them, and people are saying to Groot, and I was probably thought he should have been there from the start as well, but they said, you've got to work on this, you go away and work on it, come back, and he, he's come back and is a better product and gets his opportunity. And, you know, I, I think that just shows great development in an individual. You talk about lessons. What would these players have learnt being over there and playing in an environment like that? I tell you what, they would have had a hard, hard week. I mean, they're already under, under the mean. You can't teach that sort of pressure. Mm. The pre and, and, and like I said before, I don't think an all-black team has ever experienced anything like this, ever. You know, to go over there and everyone is... The outside noises are, are massive. They go in there, they stay really tight. This is why. This, it's not just about how they perform on the field. Everything they did in terms of the build-up and the lead-up going over there to, to get these guys to the best possible shape to go out there and win this game, extraordinary. Because you can't teach that sort of pressure when you're, when you're under the pump and, and, and then confidence is, is low as well. So, one, they've ticked that off. They've got the, the young guys in there, the, the experience... Uh, Alice Park, I mean, that's, that's crazy to even go there and be able to win like that. But, but, but also the belief, you know, the, the belief in what you trust in and the game plan and to implement that without going out there and trying to be a hero, because they weren't. They, they, they collectively 
played a game plan that they all believed in. I reckon we'll hear stories in about five years' time <laughs> yeah. of them saying, I learned so much in that week. Yeah. I learned so much from Adi Savia or Sam Kane. And it was that week that they'll actually grow. Because, you know, they're going to be on the next yeah. four, five, six years. They're going to be hitting their strikes. But I think they'll, in the future, we'll hear about what went on that week and how many learnings they took. The, those last two weeks, you know, these are the moments where you go in as a group and you it's probably the best time to have a tour. It's just you... Uh, enclosed in your own circle, you come up with the answers in the last few couple of weeks, although they lost last week, this is a direct result of what's going on in the background, I think. And I, I think, you know, that, like you said, they'll be talking about this for a long time, these young fellas. Well, our team has been there for the last couple of weeks. We head back to Johannesburg where Justin Marshall and Ma'anonu have their take on the match. Yes, thanks, Kirsty. Well, I've got Ma'anonu alongside me. Uh, we're feeling pretty happy at the moment, just after the final whistle. Ma, when you look at this all-black perspective, in terms of how they came into the game and the performance they put out there, what impressed you the most? Yeah, look, there was only one way to go. They, had, they were down in the dumps. And this is what we've seen this whole week, where they had to climb and work for everything. And today we saw a performance where we had new players come on, get a chance to play, and they performed. The bench come on, same thing. And the leaders stood up. Sam Kane played exceptional. He was the one that's everyone's been putting down, questioning, and then you've got guys like Artie, Rico, David Havili, and Richard Moana were outstanding. Last week I heard you talk a lot about the kicking strategy, and even during the game today you were mentioning it. Do you think they got it a lot better? Yes, they won the aerial battle, but their general kicking game in terms of territory, was it much better? I thought it was much better. They had a few, four, uh, few poor kicks, but in the end, what we did see well, it was interesting, when they did receive a kick, they started running from their 22. So whether it was a ploy to do that, to tie the Springboks out, but it was their game plan. In terms of the Springboks, were, were they ambushed by the All Blacks and how accurate and how effective they were? Because they were so far away from being accurate last week that they put a complete performance together, particularly in that first half. Do you think that they got lured into uh, you know, the fact that they weren't aware of the All Blacks and tactically they got their game wrong? It's such a dangerous place when you win a test match. And you win it convincingly, just like last week. You may become complacent. You're playing in your home nation. Everyone's telling you you're going to win. Even though they might be telling themselves they're going to win. So they were in a dangerous spot coming into today. And they were ambushed. They were ambushed. From here, what's, it, what's next for the All Blacks? Argentina at home. Continue to play this way. What you saw today is where we need to go. Uh, I guess it's a fresh start. And may, whether or not they'll change the side, I don't know. I asked Fozzie that before, so it'll be interesting to see who will start against Argentina. Well, mate, it's been great to have you as part of our coverage. Believe it or not, people, Ma'anonu's not going into the All Blacks changing room. Somehow he's managed to sneak himself into the Springboks changing room. He's going there now. I think I might join him. It should be fun. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure. Oh, that is awesome. Great work, you too. How does that happen? How are our All Blacks going into the box changing room? He's played that, half of the mollies in Toulon, wasn't he? That's the best. They had the best after-match food, to be clear. <laughs> what are they having? I, I, no, no, I'll tell you what, you go in there and it's a, it's a buffet. <laughs> and they are very, very good hosts. So that's why those two are going in there. <laughs> uh, Ma'anonu talked about complacency of South Africa. Did we see that? Or did they just get it wrong? No, I, I think um, maybe, but I think they got it wrong. Um, and I think, uh, like we 
um, he's, he mentioned there, we, we, we did dominate the air. We managed to handle what they threw at us and they probably didn't have too many other answers, you know. And I, I think they got, um, as Brian Habana said earlier, they, they got the selections wrong a wee bit and they managed them wrong. They were they, 6-2 six, six, split changing them and those reserves are getting tired by the end of the match so uh, I think they got it wrong in general in the coaching front and maybe a touch of complacency that's that's always a, always a challenge. They don't really have a plan C, D or E it's mm. almost it's always A plan A we'll go for this and then sometimes they do have sort of the skill to to change it up a little bit but it's only a little bit but when the All Blacks met them physically, which they didn't win the, the last week. The All Blacks probably lost that metre. Um, this week, you know, when they're met at the front line, that takes its toll and wears it down and wears the, wears the big boys down. And the All Blacks, you know, were smart enough to take small opportunities at the right areas on the field and run the big boys around. So when those tactical changes uh, come in and come in early, um, they're sort of all over it, you know, they're, they're, they're so worn so early, those big boys. Well, when things aren't going right for your team, there's always uh, fingers pointed at the coach and the captain isn't there. And we've seen that over the last month, Mills, uh, for Sam Kane. But when they're going well, nothing is said. <laughs> You've done your analysis on Sam Kane. Tell us the impact that he had on this game that other people may not have seen. Oh, this is the sort of stuff he does constantly every week in, week out. He's constantly compared to Richie McCaw, but he does things better than what Richie McCaw could possibly do, but you don't often see. He's under pressure, this is first and foremost, he's questioned about his position, but also his captaincy as well. So there's all those, those added out outside influences. And so when I had a look at him, uh, you know, during the, particularly the first half, the way he played really set the scene. It set the scene in terms of everyone else, follow me, follow me, this is what we're going to do. We have a look at this situation here, where it, the ball's a little bit messy, what does he do? He goes and he cleans the ball. But what it does, in a messy situation, now, there's an opportunity for David Harvey to get that cross kick, you know, because it just bought them a bit more time because he got on the back end of this. I want to have a look at this back one. Look, look who's at the back of the line-out. It's our line-out. We've lost it. Sam Kane is the lifter, all right? They go wide. Have a look at the work rate that Sam Kane does to get across the field. He runs right past all his back line. He's one of the third players there. But what he does is he cleans this ruck along with Will Jordan to secure that ball. If he doesn't make it, they, they easily counter ruck and they could possibly win. Again, the high ball is a big talking point. Watch Sam Kane here in this, in this instance. So he catches it, they're struggling to fight to keep that ball. He gets in there, he gives a little bit of impetus and they, they go forward. Now there's an opportunity for them to go wide and it's a lot cleaner ball. On this occasion, he cleans the ruck, although well, it's pretty messy, Two players go in there to sense that it, it might be an opportunity. And, and, and again, his tackling ability here and his, and his fight, you know, we, we've always known sort of that. Sam Kane provides that. I love this. This is a guy that's under pressure. It's so easy to tuck and go when you're under pressure. No, he doesn't. He knows what's on. He gives a ball to Will Jordan. This is messy. But watch him. He, he gets it, cleans it up. Watch him now on the top of your screen. He's the guy there in the grey boots who's peddling back there and, and he's reloading. Now, when you're under the pump, it's so easy to follow the ball, but he doesn't. He trusts in the system, he trusts in his players, he reloads, and what happens? He scores a try. That first half really set the scene in terms of the way his players were going to lead, and that's why Sam Kane is our captain. He just he he was so measured during the week. Even every all the conversations that um, we could see were taking place. He he took a lot of the pressure on his shoulders, yeah. and he is he's lumped the whole nation's pressure on his old yeah. shoulders along with Ian Foster. And the fact that he went and delivered, and then post match last week he was lost for words. This week he was so humble and so clear in what he wanted to say, um, and it was such a such a clear example of really good leadership 
when it mattered and it just stood out and shone out. Yeah, agree. And 100%, you know, he's getting measured on, like I said, the Richard McCall, he's getting measured on the results, he's getting measured on what's happening in the coaching and all that sort of stuff, where as a player, you're measured on your involvement in a match. And if he goes and looks at the analysis, his stats will be unbelievable. He's not only passing the ball, he's hitting rucks, he's cleaning it, uh, and, and he's assisting, scoring tries. Like his, across the board, his involvement's very, very high. It's so easy, too, when you're under pressure to, to try too much. Yeah. He's now, those efforts that he's made was him doing his best in his position, you know, and, and to have the faith of the other guys that would deliver as well. And, and what happened? The guys the guys followed him, you know, they led him. Artie, the, the leader stood up, you know, Mars spoke about it. They started to stand up. They knew the system. They believed in their captain and they followed him because of those small things that you perhaps don't see on, on the screen. Yeah. Well, how did you measure the performance of Shannon Frizzell? He was starting this week. Did he convince you, Asa, that he is the number six heading into the Rugby World Cup? Oh, it, it's such a talked-about position. There's, there's Richie, there's Sam Kane, there's the seven jersey, but yep. then there's where's, where's the follow-on from Jerome, Jerome Kaino? And we, we, we talk about <laughs> it all the time. About, it's the second most talked-about jersey. But, you know, he stood up and matched them. And, and even when there was a little bit of niggle, he got in there, which... You might say is unnecessary, but he got in there just to stand up. He got on, uh, got Aaron Smith off the ground when he got taken off, off the, after the whistle. But, you know, if he can do this and sort of dominate, then that's what everyone's been asking for in a six jersey. Yeah, and I think uh, the match suited him against the big physical South African team. We needed somebody like him that was going to be that sort of, you know, that focal point that's going to lead and, and the rest of the team are going to know he's got your back and, he, and he's fronting for you. That six jersey in general, I think it's similar to the hooker journey. He probably needs a bit more time there as well, but there's a role for other sixes, and I think it's still probably a little bit more up in the air, but we, we need to see more of that. But I'd like to see him in there a lot more. He's, he needs a repeat performance. Yeah. If he gets put out there, you know, it's not going to come any easier against no. Argentina. <laughs> and their forward pack, it's coming for you. It's sort of like, cool, you've, you've put a marker in the ground. Um, he's now got to go and match that against, you know, as just a tough forward pack. But I also think the other guys as well, I think he poses a different threat. Barrett now becomes a different threat because of what yeah. he's doing off the ball. And then, yeah. you know, Sam Kane's doing something yeah. different, but they're all doing something different in terms of the threat there. So if you go easy on one guy, another guy steps up and, and doesn't. This is when you're right, they've got to keep repeat efforts. They've got to have that comfort comfortableness to be able to play with, uh, you know, in, in the same team and get that cohesion. Yeah, yep. especially while we're, we're Italics out for a while, you know what I mean? This is where he needs to get his ground in there, you know? If he's back, then it might change the makeup of things differently, but that's the, the glory of having everybody fit and, and these form players to pick from. Well, Richie Moonga was made to wait to get another start in the All Blacks number 10 jersey. Another very much talked about jersey between Richie Moonga and Bowden Barrett. What did you make of his performance at 10? Yeah, to be honest, I thought it was very, very calm, composed. Uh, took him a little while to settle, looked a little bit rushed on the first couple of bits. But then I, I thought he pulled the strings really well. And um, it doesn't look like he, he's had any time off on the bench at all, you know. It looks like he's been playing non-stop the whole time. He was really, really impressive for me. Controlled it really, really well. I think the kicking game was exceptional. You know, they found a bit of space. But he also... You know, had guys around him that was talking to him and, and you know, he, he a little, relieved a little bit of that pressure by giving them the ball. Um, his passing skills uh, were, out, were outstanding. So I, I definitely think um, even his depth in terms of what they, they, they were going into, the rush defence as well, because he sets the scene, he sets the tone in terms of the depth they have. I even thought that he sort of adapted really nicely in that, in that, in that role. Because I think, like, every, there were other sort of leaders or, or leadership opportunities stepping up. I think Will Jordan actually took a lot of the weight off his shoulder. It's not all focus on a 10. It wasn't all sort of dialed in on him. But, you know, he executed what he 
sort of needed to and, and did really, really well. But again, from learnings from a match, you know, he'll go back and critique his performance and see things or see decisions that he could have done better, but it's way better doing that off a win. Yeah. And, you know, in, yeah. a, in a hard place. What was interesting also is he took the goal kicking. Yeah. You know, so he put his hand up. He put his hand up and said, I will do the goal kicking. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm the 10 and I'll nail them. Yeah. So is he the team going forward and does Bodie make more impact off the bench? How do you see this working in the future? Because, you know, we've got 12 months, don't we? I mean, JK talks about the number of tests we've got left. Yeah, well, do we need to stick with the same... Poor old Bodie didn't make an impact off the bench game, the car, did he? But, <laughs> the most relieved man <laughs> I know, in South but, Africa, uh, uh, Exactly, he's thinking it's just not his, uh, <laughs> not his day or year. But no, no, I think, again, here's another one. How could you change him after doing so well at that? And like you're talking about the kicking, stepping up, taking it all, maybe... A, I agree with Ma, where we could have done a little bit more tactical kicking, but the reason we saw their line speed slow down is because he put that one or two crossfield kicks in, and then all of a sudden they didn't have the confidence to come up. So he took those right options at the right time just to be able to to ease us back into the game. And I, you got to keep him there for the next for the next match at least. I think you know there was so much focus on so many negatives and everything that was going wrong, but then he's taken the responsibility, he's, he's decided to lead, he's decided to goal kick, and it's almost given everyone else around him their focus to just do their job and do it really, really well. And then it sort of opens up his game plan and he can be more tactical. He can be on the front foot. If you're losing the game line and you're going backwards and Aaron Smith's getting a terrible ball, you know, it's a very different game. But the fact that everyone else around them and sort of the Frizzells and the Taukiahors, these guys stepped up, I think it just sort of made his job far more clearer in what he actually had to execute. It's, it's such a difficult discussion point, these two, because if it's mm. Bowden Barrett that was in the same position and he's played well and they've come off the wing, yeah. um, off the win, you'd easily just say Moana comes off the bench. But the fact that he's an X-Factor player too, Bowden, you can put him at fullback. So I think it, all, it, all it sort of does is, do you still put those guys out there as you know, a 10-15 combination? Because they are you know, heavy fixed, but what are you actually... Are you going back to the dual, dual playmaker? Play are you bringing Man. that I, I don't think milk. it is a dual playmaker. I think Wong is the boss. You know, I think that's where the clarity wasn't there. They weren't yeah. kind of decisive in who's, who's running the cutter, who's stepping up to the, you know, the, the, in the uh, first receiver role, who's, who's actually you know, calling the shots. And I think... Perhaps we need to go to that and really understand, well, hey, Richie, you're calling it. You'll get a little bit of feedback from Bowden if that's the case. But you've got to define the role yeah. of the fullback, um, you know, in, in terms of what they want to do before. We, but for now, Moonga has to start again because he's, he's proven what he can do in this test. OK, well, plenty more still to come on the All Blacks. But first, your trivia question for today. Do you feel like playing? You've got no choice in the matter, and nor do these three here. Here is your trivia question for today. We'll come with the answer uh, in a minute. But it is, what is the All Blacks' record at Alice Park? Oh. oh. What is the All Blacks' record at Alice Park? Losing or winning? Winning record. Winning record. Have a think about it. We'll have the answer for you in a moment. But when we come back, we catch up with Jason Ryan. We sit down with the new assistant coach and we chat the future of Ian Foster. Popped away for Jordan. Will Jordan gives the pass off and the skipper has scored. Sam Kane has a 16th test match try. What can the goal again of Kokini? Having another crack. He's a... It is all New Zealand in Johannesburg.
off the new, turns it back into Jordy Barrett. Here's Adi Savia. That's an absolute gem of a try. He's got a penalty advantage for the All Blacks. And they score! Scott Barrett. So clearly, you know, you would have had conversations at length with Fozzie about what he was looking from you, right? Yeah. What was it when you came in, first and foremost, to, to make the impression you want as a coach? What is it you really focused on? Oh, look, I, I said to the boys, first and foremost, I guess, to the Fords, Fords meeting, I said, boys, I'm going to coach through my personality of who I am. I'm not trying to be anyone else. And whether or not you hadn't worn the jersey yet or you've played over 100 tests, I'll treat you all with the same respect. And I'll be honest with you, but I'll expect the same um, both ways, you know what I mean? And, and that was probably my start point. And then it was like, OK, we need to make some shifts in some pretty key areas up front, which Fozzie made um, that pretty clear to me, what, what needed to be done. And in three trainings, <laughs> I guess we, we have made a few shifts, but to be honest, Goldie, there's, there's still a bit of work to do. So from your perspective, what yeah. is it they need? I think, in all honesty, what they need is they need certainty and confidence in, in what they're trying to achieve. And we've stripped a little bit out and we've just presented a clear plan and a system that I believe the boys have bought into. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a wee way to go yet. And I know it's test rugby and you've got to win every week. I get that. You're not building competition points. But, you know, there's, there's some boys here in Africa that are, are actually generally boys, especially in the four-packs, some younger fellas that haven't had a lot of test rugby. So there's nowhere better to test it. And did you learn on the first test in Nelspruit that what was your impression of, of what they would learn from an experience like that? Yeah, I think um, the pressure and, and the moments, how quick the game can shift. And, you know, we, we never really fired a shot in that first sort of 40, but we still felt, even though we were down, the boys were actually really fresh in the shed and I was pretty happy with where they were at, but then we just couldn't put phases together, you know. We just couldn't build pressure of our own and our breakdown was a bit of a mess. But, um, you know, we've talked about that this week and we just got to get on with it, mate. We, you know, we, <laughs> I'm not one to keep talking about what we need to do, but look, I'll take the results out of it. I, I'm pretty confident we are going to make some shifts in some areas we need to. Like, that's why the pressure is a privilege. The most successful teams in the world, the more pressure they've got in their life, the more successful they usually are. So that's where you've got to use that and not take that for granted. It's, it's where we live. It's where the All Blacks live. And look, it's a bit of a patch at the moment. And it's clear. There's, we're not hiding from that, but we are working. Have you had an opportunity to enjoy it just yet? Because that's the hard part, right? Yeah. <laughs> because the, the, there's clearly pressure on. Yeah. But are you enjoying the day to day of being inside the All Blacks? Yeah, yeah, but you can't be a fan, you know, you've got to be a coach and probably Chrono said something to me actually, he said when you have your first um, team photo and when you put your tracksuit on for the first time and 
go out in the grass and do run your first session, you'll realise this isn't spin the bottle, son. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I sort of took that on board and look, I want to be better, I want the boys to be better and I want to give them everything I've got and do the best job I can for my country and, and for the All Blacks. Incredible. Jason Ryan, the assistant coach of the All Blacks, forwards coach for the All Blacks. He came in three weeks ago. That interview was done before the test, so I think he's actually had six training sessions with this team now. But can you see a difference? Can you see a significant shift? Well, I, I just think of the reaction from week to week of what the forwards have done. But I think, first and foremost, he, is, he must have been so clear and concise around his expectations, around what he expects from the players or what's expected of them. Um, you know, he, he knows that when you've got such a finite amount of time, it's a sign of a really awesome, astute coach to know I can actually make changes in three training sessions. You know, there's, he, this is a coach that actually backs himself and knows that it's a journey and, and he'll get the players there. But, you know, he wasn't expecting to change the world apart in, about th in three sessions or six sessions, but it's a sign of a really good, astute coach when he knows what he can actually do. Yeah, and I like this mindset there. You know, you can't be a fan like everyone else is fanboying him, but, you know, you've got to be a coach. And I think when he went in there and he, he, he says himself, it doesn't matter if you played 100 tests, or you've played one test, I'm going to treat you all the same. And he made it good, strong, simple, clear communication and just simplified things. Everyone knew what they had to do then. And it actually, in his own way, brought out, I think, brought out more in the leaders on the pitch. But it also empowered the younger guys uh, in that forward pack to, to you know, look, I'm, I'm just the same as 100 test um, All Black. I've, I've got my job to do. And, and, and I think he really cleared that, that sort of stuff up, the yeah. noise. And clarity as well. So yeah. difficult in the circumstances he came into the, the role and he's got a short amount of time, but he, he was given a brief by Fozzie about things they needed to improve on. But you've got to be assertive as well when you're coming into an environment, but you've got to be really decisive about what you want to actually change. And he's making inroads. I've seen enough there. And, and I mean, that's spin the bottle thing. Hell, that's great. That's, that's great. That's clarity. So, so good. So <laughs> be a fan. It's not spin the bottle, mate. No one will forget that quote, will they? Well, our favourite part of the show, trivia time. The question that we gave you before the break was, what is the All Blacks record at Alice Park? I'll give you a bit of a clue. They've played 15 test matches there. Anything from you three? Anything at all? Bossy? I'll say uh, total guess. Uh, I'll go 33%, 5 out of 15. I'm going to sit at about 50%. I might be way off, but I just, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling that. I don't think it's in the 60s, isn't it? 60%? <laughs> yeah, so, so far off. Is it? <laughs> let's, let's find out. Hey, hey. Shall we find out? Because I actually don't know the answer to this one either. But here it is. We've played 15, Ooh. six wins, nine losses. I'll take that, eh? Not too bad. What did you say? 33%. Five wins, yeah, so... But, there you go. Bottle of wine? Bottle of wine. Maybe a cheese roll. A cheese roll from... There's already been too much shout of wine on this programme. Take the bottle of wine and run with it. That is trivia for another week. But the biggest question, it's not a trivia question on everyone's lips, has been Ian Foster. Will he stay or will he go? Well, I tell you what, listen to this from his players. Oh, it's a credit to Foz, you know, he's been copping it in the media and, um, you know, we've got his back very strongly. Um, he's a smart coach and uh, we love playing for him and um, that performance showed tonight. Uh, but for me personally, that's my coach. Back him 100% side by side. Um, you know, he's been under a lot of pressure, but I know Foz doesn't want to make it about himself, but um, just want everyone to know that we got his back, all the players have got his back. He's a great coach, got great coaches beside him, so... Uh, we back him 40, 100%, and I hope everyone that listens, mm. that reads this, back us, because mm. we're going we to get it. Do you expect to be the All Blacks coach against Argentina? I've got no idea, so um, I'm just going to enjoy tonight. 
crazy and hard to believe as well that the coach of this team doesn't know his future uh, beyond today. But it is clear and obvious, if you're talking in rugby terms, that the players back him. Have you seen enough to back him? Oh, definitely. And I think, um, you know, from where he was two weeks ago, going to South Africa, yeah. it's almost like, well, if they don't come out and support him now after, after this victory, then why send him over there in, in the first place? So uh, he's, I don't think he's done anything wrong uh, in the last couple of weeks. And it's, it's shown to me a lot of growth in, in the team, which is... Well, they should be coming out and, and supporting him straight away. Yeah, it's, it's ultimately you've got to... <clears throat> when I think about... Uh, it was a win, you know, that's a, that was a scoreboard one, you know, then they'll go, well, are we picking apart a performance? Um, the fact that we're having this discussion still yeah. around clarity that, or, you know, who's come out and said something, um, I think that's where we've sort of, I would question what is actually going on behind the scenes <laughs> or what, what decisions have already been made. You know, for the week that he had to endure to then get a win, you know, besides actually picking apart the performance, the fact that, you know, there hasn't been any clarity around it um, is pretty phenomenal in this day and age. I'd have to go back and after the end of year tour because this is where this has all started. They got back from the end of year tour, they had a review about the, the whole coaching stand and it was pointed out there about the coaching staff. Okay, so he's got three games to try and fix it. Okay, three games, another review. Okay, they don't win the series. Now he's got a, another review in two weeks in South Africa. He's never had the backing of, of, of the, the rugby union or, or the board. I, I don't, I, there's always a talk about expectations, okay? There's always expectations that the All Blacks have got to go out there and win. And the fear of not winning or playing well, this is different. This is a different expectation. They'll put an expectation on a coach to go out week in, week out and win, otherwise you're f possibly fired. Even the statement that came out today, it was, I, I, I don't know whether it's sort of, I don't know what it sort of is supposed to create, you know? Again, after the, the series um, you know, against the Irish, CEO comes out and says, not, not good enough, we're going to have another review. Again today, he's come out again and said, we haven't made a decision. Well, surely you would have thought they would have either had the mana to be able to let him go with the, with the other assistant coaches or say to him, this is what you're measured on. You got until the championship, if you don't win the bleeders load or you don't win a game in South Africa or the Freedom Cup, unfortunately, we're going to have to let you go. Not, hey, we're going to have another review in two weeks and then we'll see what happens whether you're on. He's constantly walking on eggshells. How can you make a change? You can't make a change when they should have come out and said, OK, we back you, this is what's, what's happening, we see your vision, OK? Regardless of this, this and that, you've still got to measure up into, into, in terms of these. Not give him, not give him a, an expectation where he's constantly going, I mean, look at the, look, after the game that he's just won, where he's not expected to win, Look, he doesn't even know whether he's got a job or not. Yeah, there I mean, should, have been, a, there should have been a united press conference post that, right? Uh, you know, that was the win and what it was. It was a super occasion, but there should have been something pretty firm and in concrete post that match to outline what his future is. And there just hasn't been. And this is what we've been questioning for the last few weeks around what has he actually been delivered? What support is, is it there? Is he the coach? Is he not the coach? But just be clear on that so people can go away and do their jobs. I know, and the press conference, aren't they all in the same hotel? You know what I mean? Like, what's going on? And what I question is, um, you know, what's happening behind the scenes? You know, it's been happening probably in our game for a couple of years now. Uh, uh, club games, you know, participation-wise. The Silver Lake um, debacle, the women's game. Our, our sevens have struggled a wee bit, you know. Twenties, like, it's coming to our flagship team now. Who's asking questions of the, who's running the union? You know what I mean? So where, where are these questions? responsibility? Yeah, I, I think there needs to be more accountable above that. The, you know, the creeks in any organisation are starting to, they seep through, and the last one to get it, to, to get these cracks or, or feel the, the heat as as our flagship team, the All Blacks. Well, it's the board, isn't it? At the end of the day, the board and Mark Robinson as CEO to actually make the decisions, then support 
the right channels or the right coach and whoever that would be. The fact that he doesn't know if he's coaching in two weeks' time is a sign of, you know, yeah. there's bigger, bigger but things that are shifting. Midway through a competition. Well, he's not hiding to nothing. He's, I mean, they've lost the series. They've just let go of the two coaches. He's had the backing from the players. Then he goes to the South Africa and he loses the first one. OK, that's cool from a ball point of view. Okay, it obviously emphasizes the decision that you've got to get rid of him. But you've also created this for the public to say, well, if he doesn't win this game, the expectation is he's gone. If he doesn't win this game, he's gone. And it's week in, week out. And even now, Mark Robinson should be coming out and celebrating how well this victory is. Instead, all he's done is sort of created this uncertainty. Oh, we're not sure really whether Fozzie's going to be the man. We're going to come back again and meet with the board. And then have a decision. I mean, how are you supposed to? Would you really? Would, does Ian Foster really would, would want to work under? Or would anyone coming in there would like to work under? Un, 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 what are, what are the players think? You know what I mean? Well, the players would be like, oh, "Where's our certainty?" You know what I mean? We just finally get that, but a bit of certainty. We're talking about selections, about players, and the and, the, and that analytical part of it. They've got to worry about all this politics again. Well, to give you some context into what is going on, Mark Robinson, the CEO of New Zealand Rugby, fronted the media about an hour ago in Johannesburg via a Zoom call, and he was asked what's happening, what's going on, will Ian Foster remain as head coach of this team? The answer was no decisions will be made until the players are back home with their families. We will know by midweek, mid to late week, once this management team, once the CEO and once the board sit down. What do you read into that? If you're, if you're not tiptoeing around that idea, but what do you read into that? The coaches should be travelling home now, reviewing the game, preparing for the next one. Not, not unsure what they're, you know, going to be preparing for. Oh, if, we're not, if, we're, if you're not tiptoeing around it, you know that there was a decision had been made before this match to determine Fozzie's future. Um, regardless of win or loss, uh, there's probably more than likely been conversations had throughout the week, but the fact that a CEO and a head coach are not fronting Together. Together. Two hours apart. And then there might, by the sounds of what we've heard, there's going to be separate um, press conferences. Um, you know, but there's, there's decisions that have already been made. Yeah. Oh, just the way this has panned out, I mean, even the, the fact that they had a conversation in Fossey's living room. Uh, How does that get out? I mean, because it's just handled so wrong, isn't it? I mean, if you're going to have a coach, you back him and you give him the measurements that he's backed on, not... I, and I think two weeks is not long enough. Oh, no. Have the money to actually let him go then if that's not going to be the case. Don't, don't put him on a hiding to nothing to go to South Africa because if he didn't win this game, you know, we would be going, he's gone. Because yeah. it's a lose-lose. Because what if, you know, they, then they're going to critique his performance if he is the head coach come Argentina. And if it's not right then, do they have another review? Yeah. Or do they go to choose another option? So, you know, I, I, I firmly believe there's probably decisions that have been made. What if we get to the end of the year and, uh, you know, they get rid of him, we've only got the Freedom Cup, which, which you just won on the weekend, you know what I mean? I was just like... This is ridiculous. It is ridiculous, and there seems to be far more questions than answers at the moment. And until we get some answers, those questions will continue coming from these guys and I'm sure from you, the rugby public at home as well. We're not done yet on the breakdown. Stay with us when we come back. Quick hits. No, my hooking my welcome back into the breakdown. Great to have you joining us tonight, and it has been intense, robust debates. It continues. The rugby championship, it is all square. I think Argentina are sitting at the top of the table because everyone has won one game, Mills. So good, isn't it? I mean, we come home now, well, regardless of who's coaching. <laughs> um, but we. Um, he doesn't even know. I mean, it's a fine line, isn't it? You know, you know high performance sport because one week, you know, the, you know, the, the Wallabies yeah. you know, are all over them, and the, fo the following. They're absolutely, you know, nailed. And look at what's happened with the All Blacks. So it just opens everything, everything up for the championship. It's so good. 
makes it so much so much more exciting. <laughs> like at least we can at least we can fo stop focusing on the negative, come back to all things good about the rugby championship. Michael Checker, David Kidwell showing up, you know, turning the Pumas defence into an actual oh. storm. So like you know, it's all it's good for the competition. I think it was 14-0 up after 10 minutes. Del Fuente and Imhoff and that. That was well, some unbelievable tries. And it was actually another good game of rugby, you know. So uh, it's just throwing a spanner in the works. It's, uh, I think it's an exciting competition after two weeks. Two weeks down, another four to go. Uh, now South Africa head to Australia, of course, Argentina head to New Zealand in a week's time. First match in Christchurch. But if we look at our provincial competition for a moment, we're two weeks into the NPC. Uh, two teams are coming out on top at the moment. But I want to mention one side in particular because Southland had a 20-minute break during their match against Auckland because of a burnt cheese roll. Only in oh. the deep south mills. Only in the I'll deep south. I'll tell you south. what, it was an Aucklander, I can tell you that. They try to, they try to put it in a microwave and, and, and cook it for 10 minutes. Who, who still has cheese rolls it. at rugby games? <laughs> <laughs> it, must, it must only be in Invercargill. I know you love a good cheese roll. Hey, don't, hey, don't knock it until you've tried a really good one from Invercargill. Only stadiums I've been to have chips and hot chips and hot dogs, <laughs> no. mate. Maybe, maybe a couple of beers. But... They do it well down there. Oysters as well, I'm told, in, in season. Uh, but Canterbury and Auckland, both undefeated. Hawks Bay maintaining the yeah, shield as well. Yes. There's been a bit going on. There has been a lot, and Taranaki, two yeah. losses in a, in a row. So, uh, look, there's not enough time probably to analyse it, but uh, it's shaping up to be a good competition. With um, But a couple of the big hitters are coming out early, and I think, you know, like you said, the Canberra and Auckland will be teams to beat. Tasman, too, lost the other, the other day Crazy. at Otago. Yeah. Wow, that's great competition. It's right open, isn't it? Yeah. The Farah Palmer Cup and the NPC as well. And in a week's time, we have the Black Ferns taking on Australia. Uh, it's been a great show. Thank you so much for coming on. Mills, last word from you. Former All Black, there's been so much negativity over the last few weeks. Um, some of it granted, some of it not. How are you feeling after all of this? Give us some positivity, some celebration, some life. I'll tell you what, I'm... I'm... Choo-hoo! <laughs> One! That's all we got to do. Mark Robinson, you got to come out, man. We won! Ellis Park, so hard to win over there. And I'm stoked for a lot of people because um, this is a different sort of expectation that we've seen for our boys. So, so happy. Well, well done. Thank you so much for coming on, gentlemen. And we will be back on The Breakdown next Sunday, 7.30. Great to have you joining us tonight. May the celebrations continue. Absolutely magnificent side of this. A full house at Emirates Stadium, Alice Park. Smith slips a lovely pass. Clark in the clear. Too much speed, Caleb Clark. Looks to link up with Ioani, slips it back to Jordan. Gives the pass off, and the skipper has scored. Sam Tayson. You won't see any better. Adi Savia gets his hands on the ball and turns it over. Here's Belinsa. Goes wide from up the feet. And he's in. Keeps it to himself and bangs it down on the line. My word, that was sensational. <laughs>